It's sunny and five degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's nine o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. A man is dead following a downtown shooting. Calgary police were called to Junction Underground Nightclub around 2.40 this morning for reports someone had been shot. When they arrived, officers found a man in his 30s in serious medical distress. He was transported to hospital where he later died. Officers were securing the scene and looking for suspects when another man arrived at the Foothills Hospital with gunshot wounds, where he remains in serious non-life or serious non-life-threatening injuries. Police say they are unsure if the two shootings are related. Anyone with information is asked to call the non-emergency line or Crime Stoppers. An Alberta ER is closed this weekend. Details next, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. Over in the southwest on Linden Drive at Crowchild Trail, you are blocked from getting into Glenmore Park. However, if you go over and take that exit by Weaselhead, you are still able to get inside and have a lovely park day. Want to keep what matters safe and save for what matters? Cooperators offer holistic financial services and advice tailored to you. Cooperators, investing in your future together. From the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Anyone needing emergency care in the town of Killam, two hours southeast of Edmonton, will have to go elsewhere as their ER is closing this Thanksgiving weekend. And it's all due to a lack of doctors. Mayor Ben Kellert says healthcare workers in rural areas are just as stressed as those in major urban centers. It's important um, for us to be patient and to be uh, understanding of our medical professionals because, um, I mean, if they don't take care of themselves, they won't be taking care of us either. The closest ERs are about 30 to 40 kilometers away in the in Daysland or Viking. Killams is scheduled to open again on Tuesday morning. It's not the lockdown Thanksgiving of a year ago, but surging cases of COVID-19 in some parts of the country are putting a damper on dinner parties. Hospitalizations, infections, and critical care cases are either plateauing or receding slightly in Alberta. But Premier Jason Kenney says the progress could be lost if people aren't careful this weekend. No indoor social gatherings are allowed for unvaccinated people, and the limit is 10 guests for a fully vaccinated Albertans from no more than two households. Alberta Health Services says its scientific advisory group has updated its review into using ivermectin to treat COVID-19, warning that existing studies have problems and the available evidence doesn't deem it safe. Nicole Race reports. The province's health delivery agency says in a series of tweets that studies to date into using ivermectin, which is primarily used to treat cases of worms and livestock, on the novel coronavirus have inadequate controls and flawed design. The agency also notes the existing studies suffer from bias in small sample sizes and that some of those previously shared have also been withdrawn due to concerns over fraudulent data. It says more research is necessary to determine the safety and effectiveness of ivermectin in prevention or treatment of COVID-19. On Friday, the agency issued a warning about the dangers of ivermectin after a doctor from Vancouver said in a social media post that he'd used the drug to treat three COVID-19 patients while filling in at a rural hospital in Rimby, Alberta last month. Nicole Race, the Canadian Press. Taking a look at sports, the Stampeders were able to keep their win streak over the Rough Riders going with a 22-19 victory last night. Rene Paredes made five field goals in the win, including the game winner from 44 yards out with the final kick of the game. Football Sunday got off to an early start today. The New York Jets are taking on the Atlanta Falcons in London. 
The NFL has held 28 regular season games in London since 2007, but this is the first in two years because of the pandemic. Chance of showers with wind gusts this afternoon, reaching a high of 13. Cloudy overnight with possible showers or flurries this evening and a low of minus 2. Sunny and 6 tomorrow. It's 5 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 9.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is the Thanksgiving weekend and... It is quite a beautiful weekend. You're looking outside. The colors are still unbelievable. Went for a little country drive yesterday. It's just quite nice out there. Just The colors are stunning again. So try and get out. Enjoy this beautiful scenery that we have in and around the Calgary area. We're very blessed to have uh, all that. So one of those things to be thankful for on this Thanksgiving weekend. And, uh, and again, I'm thankful for everybody that comes and sees us at the Garden Center. Our awesome team we have down there keeps everybody rolling. Um, so we're pretty pretty lucky group of people to be doing what we're doing. And uh, especially over the last two years and working with all the, all the people, customers coming in and everyone trying to get through this whole COVID stuff. So... Anyways, it's becoming too normal, which isn't a good thing. So we gotta, we gotta, we gotta end it here pretty soon. Let's hope. Anyways, let's get back to some plant things. If you want to call me, phone lines will be wide open four zero three nine seven four eight two five five, and that is the talk and text line. And I do have backup today on the text line. I have Chris, who, um, who you remember used to be Chris from the Tree Lab, but now she runs our our Green It Up uh, gardening division. So she is on the text line. So she's going to be answering all your texts for you as best she can. So we should be able to keep up with that today. I just haven't been able to totally keep up with phone calls and texting. So I brought some backup in to, to help me out. And uh, so we should be able to answer all your questions for you on the text line. And that is the same number as the phone line. That's 403 nine seven four eight two five five and i think uh brad the bird man it's migration time for all the birds coming and going so brad the bird man is going to call in and uh he's going to let us know what we should do for all our feathered friends and uh it's pretty cool all night i i live close to the river which is kind of neat and you just with the window open you just hear the geese going all night it's pretty cool so i don't know enjoy that just hearing them you look out you see them Flying over in the in the V formation, heading south, and uh, going to enjoy the the winter down in. Uh, I have a friend in North Carolina. He always calls me and goes, "I'm getting invaded again." All the Canadian geese go down there into North Carolina and invade them. So, anyways, it's uh, kind of cool. Anyways, if you want to call. There's a few things you should be doing right now, too, and we'll, we'll chat about those things, the fall prep um, for your garden and your trees and shrubs and, and all that kind of stuff. Right now, I already have Ray on the line. I'm going to go to Ray. Good morning, Ray. Hi, good, good morning, uh, Merle, Merle uh, and happy Thanksgiving to you and your crew and, and your wonderful store. Thank you so much, and same to you. Um, my question is, uh, my son built me a uh, garden box outside. I live in, I live in Cochrane. And okay. uh, it's, in the, it's in the sun all day, and it's um, four by eight, 
and then it's three feet deep, and it's filled with all the good stuff, the good soil and the mulch and everything. Yeah. And I planted last, um, this summer rather, at the beginning of the summer, five raspberry bushes, and they've flourished. A couple of little uh, berries have come up, but my understanding is not until next year do they start to propagate more um, more fruit. So my question is, um, how should I prep for the winter and is should I prune? Um, should I really water them? Keep watering them to what point? And then do I prune them down to what height? All that kind and of the, stuff. You know, no, really, you don't prune them until you get into a cycle. So this is this your this 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 your first year or second year? Yes, that's right. Yeah. Okay, um, so I would leave them this this season. Like mulch them over, maybe add a little bit more um, amendments into the soil, and this, and especially being a raised bed. Please ensure that you water it really well going into fall. So give it a good shot once a week until freeze up here. Okay. And especially on a raised bed, you were saying full sun. And, yeah. and that's great for growing. But what it is, it's really hard on those sunny, wintry days we get where our sun still heats up pretty good. And all right. of a sudden, we, if we get a Chinook or, or if we don't get the moisture going into um, winter time, and then they, 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 that's where we get all our winter desiccation. And so you want to ensure that they're going to go to bed hydrated, go to um, winterize hydrated, so that way next spring when they wake up, they have lots of moisture in the in the leaves and the roots so they can fill up all the foliage and then create the blooms and get the fruit that you're going to want. And then you might also want to just and be careful that you don't use too much um, nitrogen or anything either, like, we want to get something with a high middle number. So you might even want to mix in a bit of our lawn fertilizer or or if you get something, any of the phosphate fertilizers, you could water them in one more time here because um, it, okay. it's not too big. I would water them in like with a 15, 30, 15. Uh, 15, 30, 15. So come down to your store and um, and what would I be asking for, Merle, in the 30, 15, 30? Yeah, 15, 30, 15. It's just a water-soluble fertilizer. So water your okay. raspberries and all that really good, and then give it a shot of the 15, 30, 15. And that way it'll have that phosphate, those trace minerals for first thing in the spring when it's set in bud, doing all that stuff, and you'll be good to go. And and keep watering until winter comes, basically. Yep, until so freeze up. Yep, give it once a week. Like, don't make it muddy or nothing, but give it a good shot once a week. And, and sorry, uh, Yeah, and sorry, that was 15, 30, 15, or... Or yep, fifteen thirty fifteen. Great, yep. wonderful. Thank you very, very much, and continued success with your show. Thank you. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for calling. <laughs> bye bye. All right, that was a good call, and uh, I love raspberries actually, and uh, any of that fruit you can get from your yard. It just tastes so good. I I just ate some from a store, and there's not really a whole lot of taste to them. <laughs> you can know, <laughs> feel the fiber as you eat it, but really, I don't know. There's just not a lot of taste. So it's just nice when you are growing some of those things yourself and you get to uh, enjoy that nice, juicy, juicy, juicy flavor. So, but again, be careful if you're looking like in your veggie garden, you don't want to be adding too much manures or, or some of the compost where you're creating lots of nitrogen. So we got to be careful on some of that. Make sure it's aged really good so that way you don't um, put something in that's um, too young that's going to steal all the nitrogen out of the soil either. So there's a few things you just got to be careful of going into um, winter time. And I'm going to read a couple texts. I know Chris is going to answer them as well, but 
I'm going to just touch on a couple of these ones because they're good for everybody. Love your show. How should we put hardy roses and tender roses to bed before winter? Hardy roses, I just like to get some cocoa moss or the cocoa mulch and just, just, just mulch them over a bit. Make sure they're watered in really well and they're good. And I don't do any pruning of those until spring. If they're the tender roses... They could typically use those. You could use like a wax-covered cardboard box, or you can use like a stucco wire and then fill it with leaves to cover them up, get a bit more. And some of the other ways people do it is they bend them over at a 45-degree angle and then mulch them over that way. So there's a few different methods to that which is uh, to get through the winter. But again, I, I don't do any of the pruning right now until spring. And because it's just, you, you want to let it concur, get that any of the winter desiccation that's going to happen over the winter. You don't want it to get too close to the ground. So leave them taller. And that way, if it happens six inches, and then that way you're not going to lose any of your, your great roses. And here again, another morning, Merle. It's supposed to get minus seven in Stetler area tonight. Will my parsley, which is still in the garden, be cover, covered in towels? Parsley should be okay. It's pretty tough. And if you have it covered in towels, I would say it's going to be tough. Okay on that one. It, it, you're right on the cusp. Yeah, minus seven is getting a little bit cold. So be careful on that one. First thing in the morning, just get out. Um, uh, remove the towels. Give them a quick shot of water, and that will definitely help. But right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to... Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And the person who has you covered in the beautiful tropical plants and the annuals and the perennials going into the summertime. We're going to go down and we're going to chat with Jen. What's going on, Jen? Hi, Merle. How are you? I like that. I've got you covered in the chop house. That's cool. Yeah. Well, you do. Yeah, we definitely do. Every time I come in there, I see something new and you and the crew down there just uh, giving all kinds of great information. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And you have a couple of nice plants down there too. So. We got a few nice plants, absolutely. If we do say so ourselves, I know uh, all three <laughs> of us are on the floor on Saturdays. So Jess, Lisa, and myself. And um, you know what? And you were in for a little bit, popping in and out there, and just yeah, just looking around. We get a lot of compliments, and if we, just from the the look of it all, it just looks nice. It feels nice. Things are well cared for, and it was such a nice vibe. I think yesterday, in terms of you know, conversations and whatnot, yeah. Yeah, no, and uh, I chatted with some people about the fertilizer, and and they're they're having some problem. It was kind of it's interesting though. They just said they had that their lawn is beat up, right? Mm-hmm. So they go, well, should I should I do top dressing? Right. And right away, and I said, well, no. That's sort of like if if you're if you're sick and dying. And someone covers you up with uh, buries you, sort of thing. It, that's similar to grass. And like, oh, we love your analogy, but I, and I guess I try to find things. Maybe that wasn't the best one, but same thing. But the grass is suffering. The last yeah. thing you want to do is bury it, like stuff, like course. cover it up. Yeah. So maybe and that's it, sort of why I said no. Let's get pig, it right. That's, yeah. that's the one. Yeah, yeah. You want to get it living again. So I said, let's do, give it a nice little rake. 
hit it with the green up lawn fertilizer in the spring and and get it growing a bit and then once it's growing and you see some life then let's top dress it let's fill it in let's do those things Absolutely. but you have to get it you have to get it healthy first so mm-hmm. It's so true. Yeah, and that's, same thing with plants as well. You know, what do I do? What do I, you know, let's get to the, I, it's nice to kind of find out what, what are you watering like? You know, what is the pot like? What's the soil like that you're dealing with? Like, let's look at all these things because regardless of what we kind of try and fix over here, if it's, if that's not the problem going on, then it, it won't even matter. So, yeah. 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 No, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So what else is going on down there? You got, you're getting ready. You got still had some fall bulbs. Yeah, we definitely still have some fall bulbs. I know um, Jess was mentioning to me this morning about, I don't know if we talked to you, but we just do some things without you, Merle. That's good. <laughs> and uh, and so, as you know, we've been talking about Terry's pumpkin patch. And so we're doing a giveaway for all those pumpkins that he grew from seed. And then we grew ultimately everybody together from seed. It's those Dills Atlantic giant pumpkin seeds. Uh, yeah. for a giveaway and it's on Instagram. Jess will be posting about that today. So, um, yeah, Ooh. be sure to like tag and follow and we'll be doing a draw. So we'll be giving away seven of them. So somebody can put them on their front porch. It'll take up a good amount of space and, Hand, I you think know, need, some of them might need a forklift to get them home, but yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be fun to watch? Yeah, no yeah. kidding. So and I love them because they're a little different color. Like they're a couple mm-hmm. of them are just gorgeous. Like and they're all really nice, but there's a couple of them that stand out. And uh, what was the biggest one we got? 150 pounds or something? Close to that, I believe. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what it is off the top of my head. I know there is a sign downstairs right at the entryway with the pumpkin as well. Hundred and hundred and forty eight, something like I don't know, Jessica. Awesome. That's a good size that's a good yep. size little pumpkin. That's so. Awesome. Yeah, it was really yeah. fun and, and uh you know, Terry Terry likes to care for all of that stuff. So that's cool. Grown with love out there. Um Absolutely. So, yeah, we had um I don't know, lately the Berg's pots, that we, I mean, nothing's not a plant, but people are putting their plants in those Berg's pots, and those are those have been fabulous, the people that are coming in. I had um, We had some nice weeping podocarpus, the Buddhist pine. They were hanging down on a standard like a tree, but I can't tell anybody about them because they're gone now. We had a customer buy one and put one in a Berg pot and brought it home, and um, her husband liked it so much he came back and bought the other plant and her Berg oh, pot. Oh, nice. And that's done, Um, so I'll try and bring some more of those in. We still have herbs in store. Um, We're getting ready for all the Christmas stuff, right? Kind of Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas stuff in terms of plants. I'm just going to give everybody a quick little definition of the berg. And I always always think back of the old Seinfeld thing where they go, berg. But that's... (laughs) (laughs) I I can't remember what episode it was, but Jerry Seinfeld did that, berg. Anyways, (laughs) but these are these pots. They're handmade in Italy designed um they're 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 awesome gorgeous terracotta pots they're a little bit more expensive than standard terracotta but when you look at them um and we are the exclusive um dealer for them here in calgary and we are putting another order in to get mm-hmm. another shipment of them yeah. um they they are beautiful like they're gorgeous pots, they really so. are yeah they're unfinished which is i think lovely for a lot of our plants just in terms and of that's going right? to be trending 2022 2023 they say is the unfinished getting away from the bit of the shinier mm-hmm. a little bit and sort of that that a uh, little bit more rustic but they're gorgeous like when it's you see so them pretty. as you know yeah they're so pretty yeah that's that's been a hot the hot uh, item here in the greenhouse as well. Um, oh gosh, there's so many things I, I'm trying to think. Oh, we had those beautiful um, 
I think you were bragging that you brought them in. <laughs> the Hope Peperomias, the beautiful oh. hanging baskets. They've been, I think I have for sure one left, um, but they're, they're Hope Peperomia Hope. So it's a variety. It's got these nice, thick, round leaves. And yeah. uh, the ones that you got in, they're so full. I mean, the other ones will get there, but those that particular yeah, order. Yeah, you have quite. A, you have a few other ones that we came Absolutely. with. Absolutely. Yeah. We we were able to get a few larger ones, and they're nuts. Uh, yeah, those yeah. are nuts. They're crazy. They're, they're so. Beautiful. Beautiful. They're so cool. Yeah. Lots yeah. of lots of good things, and we're still on it. As you know, you and I are hunting down things, and Jessica awesome. and Megan, and yeah, we're all on Keeping- it. Keeping. Getting on our reps and our searching out all our all our suppliers for all those sought after things. For and sure. again, just want to mention everybody if you're coming from the southwest, that new ring road. Right. Um, we're we're the closest garden center almost to you now. Just yeah. hit on that thing and you're there in 15 minutes. So there you go. That's yeah. from West Hills area. So if you're anywhere, if you're in that vicinity and you're thinking, hey, I've never been this spruced up, now's the time try. get on the get on the ring road and. Get to try that out. I know Brad's loving it. He's coming from Bonas, all the way out there. He, he's he's in twenty five minutes now. So awesome. That's that's pretty sweet. Yeah. All right, Jen. I cool. should probably go. Thanks Thank tomorrow. you so much, and okay. uh, happy Thanksgiving. And to you. And Thank you. We'll see you later on here today. Okay. You bet. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Thanks for Jen for for calling in as she does every Sunday, um, and I know whoever goes down there. I'm very fortunate. Our team in the in the greenhouse and through the whole garden center. Um, I get and then this is the the Thanksgiving weekend, so I'm very thankful to all of them, um, Lisa and Jessica and Jen in there and and Tree Lot. We got Trevor and Valerie and Terry and uh, Stephen and everybody. So just great people. And uh, as you know, small business guys like me, we need our people. And uh, so, again, very, very thankful on this Thanksgiving weekend to be surrounded by such good people. Probably got time for a quick call. I'm going to go to Marcy. Hello, Merle. Hi, Marcy. Hi, I'm calling about your um, Green It Up fertilizer, which we've always used and really liked. But we had a little bit of a left in a bag. It was beautiful green and white granules. We went down in the spring and bought four bags and finally opened one yesterday to put it on. And it's almost like it was a quarter sand and it was in clumps and we had to It must, some of them, we did have, our supplier did call us and some got wet when they bagged them uh, that they didn't know about. So just bring any of those back and we'll just exchange them, no problem. Even if you use some of it, that's okay. We'll just, just bring it back in and we'll exchange it for you okay yeah because it was the clumps were like cement you could hardly break them up yeah what happened is the our supplier we talked to them i guess some got wet on the pallets we when they were bagging something happened i'm not too sure and they don't see it when they're doing it because it's all done by machines and things like that so okay. they so they did tell us after so and we don't know which bags they were so as we go we just we've been telling our customers if you run into that just Bring them back, and we'll we'll exchange it. No problem. Okay, because I've never seen sand in them before either. Well, it's oh. what happens is they get wet, and then it starts dissolving into into the um, the granulars start dissolving. Oh, okay. So, and those are the trace elements that get into there. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like sand. All right, Marcy. Okay. Also, can I have one more question? What? I'm just gonna put you on hold because okay. I got to take a break for the news, okay. and uh, when I get back. 
We'll definitely chat with you again here, Marcy. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and six degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are investigating a deadly shooting that happened early this morning. Officers responded to reports of shots fired outside outside a downtown nightclub, and a man in critical condition was transported to hospital where he later died. The Premier, Health Minister, and Dr. Hinshaw are urging Albertans to follow the gathering restrictions in place this weekend, saying our hospitals are already stretched to the brink and can't handle another surge. Last year, Thanksgiving kicked off the second wave of the pandemic. Parks Canada is updating the commemorative plaques at the graves of 16 former prime ministers. Officials are rethinking what the panel should say to reflect how the country views its past, specifically in light of historical mistreatment of Indigenous people. Showers in 13 today, cloudy minus 2 overnight, and sun and 6 for tomorrow. It's 6 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next update at 10. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone line, and we're going to chat with Bernice. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Well, with garlic and with uh, Swiss chard. Uh, okay. Garlic. My garlic this past year, I've done this two or three years in a row. The first time, they were nice big ones, and this past year, it was they're very small. Do, do you okay. fertilize the... Yeah, they years. do. They do need to get fertilized. And again, you want something with a little bit of a higher middle number. You want the phosphate down in there for them, yeah. like a fifteen thirty fifteen or ten fifty two ten, something like that. Okay. Um, and just not too much nitrogen because again, you just don't want the growth pushing too much up top. And right. and w- this past year, we had a gentleman in the garden center, and he came up and they. The cloves were fairly big, but they hadn't divided up yet. So I oh, did yeah. a bit more reading on that. And it says it's just being patient. Sometimes they just take longer. So uh-huh. leaving them in the ground, <clears throat> letting them come to size, and letting them ripen properly before you harvest. And harvest when? Um, when, they, when they turn when brown. When the tops it. totally, yeah, when the tops totally die back. Okay, well, I've, I've, I've planted 18 and I finished them already. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, they, they were very. That, that's how small they were. But anyhow, oh. okay. Now going to, going to the Swiss chard. <clears throat> yep. Uh, that's marvelous. It grew. Uh, I was. It was growing so fast. It was getting ahead of me. But anyhow, then it slowed down a bit uh, as the year was going on. Uh, but my sister told me yesterday it regrows again next year. So don't don't pull, uh, don't uproot it. Um. I haven't really seen that. Typically, it's something you seed every year. But give that a try. That's interesting to see. Um, yeah. Does your sister live in, in Alberta or Calgary? No, actually, she lives in Oliver, B.C. Yeah, so but, Oliver, B.C. might be a little bit different. They're almost a desert down there. Yeah. So but try it, though, please, Marcy or Bernice, and let me know what, what comes because I, I haven't heard that. And yeah. my mom, we grew lots of Swiss chard. Um, because it grows a lot faster than spinach, and my yeah. mom would always tell us that it's spinach, and uh, 
just because it grew so much faster and it could keep up to our family. So, yeah, well, I, yeah, I'm by myself, so it was very hard to keep ahead of it. And the, and that when it first started to develop, but uh, I managed, and I'm still it's still uh, producing leaves to to eat. I'm that's my breakfast every oh, morning. That's, that's, I I love this this sautéing a little bit, but yeah. or boil. Or steam it with uh, just butter and vinegar. I don't know. That's my favorite. Yeah. Love no, it. I mix. I, I do saute with garlic. <laughs> oh, and nice. Then, uh, yeah, and then uh, so is it okay to side by side the garlic and the Swiss chard then? Yep, should be totally fine. And yep. so overwatering the garlic is 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 not a bad thing. Well, yeah, no, you don't want it to, if you're if you're watering a lot and keeping it moister, then yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get your garlic too wet. And yeah. same with the Swiss chard, though. Like, um, if you just just regular watering, the garlic will be fine. Okay, great. All right. What, kind of, what kind of soil should I top it up with? Uh, like for now, for the spring. I would just if you. It depends on the size of the area. If it's a smaller area, you can just use like a sea soil type thing. You can mix that in there. Um, some of the compost, the organic compost or potting soil, you can mix in there. Or we have a garden mix that you can get in bulk if you have a larger area to do. Okay, no, um, I just, it's a very small area. It's right by my front door by the steps. Yeah, I would just use something like the sea soil, just mix some of that in your existing soil, turn yeah. it over lumpy, and then just put the sea soil over top. Okay, and it's not too late to do the garlic, right? No, still lots of time right now. It's even okay. better right now because the ground's starting to cool off. If yeah. you planted it too early, sometimes it, it gets going. Yeah. And uh, so right now is perfect. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. And, Thanks, Bernice. And, okay. and the fertilizer, fifteen thirty ten or whatever. Yeah, uh, fifteen thirty fifteen. The garlic, the garlic, and the Swiss chard. No, the Swiss chard you could use more of like a twenty twenty twenty, or uh, yep, perfect. Okay, great. Thanks, Thank you Bernice. So much. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, and I'm not too sure if if Brad is in uh, is Brad. All right. I think I hear that other bird coming along there, Gord. Do you hear it? I don't hear it. I don't hear my... <laughs> oh, there it is. There it is running across the road. Brad, go get it. Is Brad the bird man there? Is he there? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, did you get it? Yeah, I got the it. Turkey? All right. I caught him. Uh Thought I'd surprise you with the. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brad the Birdman, the birds are getting ready for winter, so we thought we better get you back in here, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and what are we going to do for our little feathered friends, Brad? Yeah, there. It's <clears throat> the seasons are changing for sure. It's uh, people will people will notice their feeders going down quicker and as it gets colder it'll be even quicker just they need more to help uh with the oil content in the seed it just helps keep them warm and gives them a lot more energy and whatnot and when it gets colder they use way more so it definitely helps so they'll they'll be eating more as well okay yeah um and so and what about water yeah water is important um and that's something that we need to get to is some heated bird baths and stuff. They seem to be hard to find right now. But um, and if you don't, uh, some people even use the the heated dog dishes. You just only put yeah. in 
maybe an inch or so of water in the bottom. And otherwise, you just have to change it out all the time. But yeah, it's very important. They, they, people think that they're going to freeze the birds, but the birds still bath in them all the time, like the sparrows or the siskins or uh, the chickadees. They still bath even if it's below zero. So yeah, water is very important. Okay. So what kind of what kind of food are we going to be feeding the the birds? Like, is it just the sunflowers, or what other ones will be giving them for the going into winter? Uh, we have a couple. Uh, we have. The sunflower chips, which is my favorite and the most popular, I think, because all birds will eat it. Um, we also have another one called No Mess, uh, No Waste, and basically it's sunflower chips mixed with shelled uh, peanuts. And again, there's no waste there, so anything that falls to the ground, um, other birds will clean it up, so you don't have to worry about any mess under your feeder. And they all, and we another one we actually have is uh, tree nuts, and uh, it's just complete pure tree nuts and all of those three varieties have very high oil content so what so, is what's a tree nut sorry for everybody who's maybe uh walnut not. yeah like walnuts um there's i think there's some pecans in there um probably the peanuts as well and it's just more or less of the woodpeckers or like uh God, woodpeckers love them. Chickadees love it as well. It's just a little harder for them to eat because the bigger nuts, but they'll still go after them. Um, but yeah, for so sure, more of the like just the bigger birds. And like, stuff yeah, like there's that. hazelnuts in there, Brazil nuts, um, and yeah, the woodpeckers for sure. They they love it because we have <laughs> three or four varieties around here. So I always joke. Some of them, the ones that we get in, they look as good as the stuff you see in the store that you could serve your friends. So. Oh, put them in a dish on your plate, turkey dinner. <laughs> People love them. <laughs> oh, too funny. Yeah. For All sure. right. Um, so, so right now, so what about your birdhouses and things? What should you be doing with those? Uh, the bird feeders, especially right now, before we get freeze up, if you haven't cleaned them for a while, give them a really good cleaning. Um, when when stuff gets on the bottom of them, if it gets wet and gets moldy, it's not good for the birds at all. And the birds will even stop coming to the feeders. Um, so, yeah, a good, good cleaning. And then once we get those sustained below zero temperatures, you probably won't have to clean it again until the spring. But just keep an eye on it, especially if we get some Chinooks and whatnot and things start to thaw and melt, then, then it, you might be looking to clean it again. Okay. Okay. And sure. I remember some of them, like not necessarily the wood ones, but some of the like the durable plastic or the recycled wood, um, they were saying to put them into the dishwasher because that actually sterilizes it, gets in there and, yeah, and uh, for sure. wash them. Okay. Yeah, we have ones here called the squirrel buster. So um, you put the seed in and the squirrels will try to get to it, but they have the... Um, they're kind of have a weight on them. So when the squirrel jumps on them, the weight pulls and closes the little ports so they can't eat. So it drives yep. them crazy. But those ones are, are, are for sure dishwasher safe. So take them apart, throw them in the dishwasher and put them back together. That's a good idea okay. for sure. Okay. Perfect. Well, thanks Brad. And, yeah, no uh, let that turkey go. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I'll let summer. him go. All right. <laughs> okay. Thanks buddy. All right. See you then. Bye. Bye. All right. If you'd like to join me after the break, Phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to go to Eleanor. Good morning, Eleanor. 
Girl, thanks. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your staff. Um, I have a quick question in regards to composting. Okay. Um, is it are, are mountain ash berries safe to put in your compost? Uh, I would think so. I haven't never heard that they're not. Um, and the birds love eating them, and they don't seem to, to die. So, I would assume for compost, I, I would say that I would say it's okay. Okay. Um, Have you heard the, different somewhere? Or? I I uh, was wondering because I wanted to know if it would be okay to clip a few of the clusters off. Um, my compost has just been emptied completely, so I've started a layer of a newsprint, shredded up very finely, a layer of leaves, and I was thought if I could put a layer of a thin layer of the mountain ash berries, clipping them off the end of the branch. And that yep. was my second question. Will that affect the tree if I was to clip some off? Um, it won't affect the tree. Just don't cut into the wood. Just cut them off. But I actually, I just, I just googled something. Mountain ash is a plant. People use the berries to make medicine. The berries may be used and fresh cooked, but they take mountain ash berry for treating kidney disease, diabetes, arthritis, and low levels of vitamin C deficiency. So there you go. So it's safe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Other 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 recommendations for starting my compost layering again. Um. Again, just um, turn it over like movement. And some people love to use the accelerator to keep it going because sometimes in calorie with it being so dry, it, it sometimes it's harder to get going. So make sure you have enough living stuff in there to keep it going properly. And what is living actually? Like green stuff, like, and that's what you need, the greens and the brown, like even okay. some green grass, like just some living um, or and some moisture. People add a bit of water in there. Just ensuring that it's just not totally dry. Otherwise, it just will sit there and nothing will happen. Okay. It's quite and, a and that's where the accelerator um, helps out, too, because it, okay. it uh, gets those breaking down enzymes into there and then... Okay definitely help speed it up and that's what i find in calorie and it's one of those things that it's just being patient because again you don't want to pull it out when it's too raw either Correct. so it's just it's just being very patient and in calorie it, it is a little bit longer process than say in vancouver or, or some of the places where we're reading a lot of our literature that okay. it's uh so just yeah so just be patient adding those uh peels and stuff like when you peel the potatoes today for right for your Thanksgiving dinner or whatever, all that kind of stuff is great compost. Right. Um, can you add maybe about a cup of sprinkle of your lawn fertilizer over it as an accelerator, or does that not have the same effect? I wouldn't have the same effect. Okay, that's good. And plus, you don't want to waste that good fertilizer. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All righty. Okay. Thanks, Eleanor. Thank you. Bye now. You're welcome. Bye-bye. All right. And we're going to go to – actually, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back, and then we'll go to Alan and John and uh, hit the phone lines because I'm getting right at the, the time for a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Alan. Good morning, Alan. Morning, Alan. So, Colin, in regards to grass mold, um, okay, 
It's uh, started a few years ago on my front lawn, and it has every year gotten worse and worse. So by the time September comes along, half the lawn or more is covered in that uh, white powder. Okay. Um, when do you typically water at night or during the day, or when do you water your lawn? Uh, usually it's uh, watered in the morning. Okay. And then uh, we've got that... Um, about five or six years ago, we put new sod down, which was that drought-resistant sod. So it only yep. gets, uh, uh, we give it about a half an inch of water at a time twice a week. So it gets about an inch of water a week, give or take. Okay. So then that's not bad. Is your yard full sun or is it shady? Um, it's half and half. So half the lawn is underneath a, a about a 40-year-old green ash. And yep. then the other half uh, is more towards the sunny side. Okay, I'm going to guess that probably in the shady years where the bit more mold and stuff is? Uh, correct, yep. Okay, so what I'm going to suggest is maybe just change the time we water as well and maybe keep the grass a little bit shorter, like for the time being. Add maybe water, and it's not always ideal, but maybe like early evening, like just like say just after dinner or something because it, it's a good time to sit and enjoy and watch the sprinklers go. <laughs> and, uh, but it, it just gives it time to dry at the driest time of the day. Because if you water during the day, we just got to break that mold cycle as well. Right. You could try spraying some pure spray green on there as well, like in a hose-end sprayer. Okay. Um, so if you wanted to just mow it, just cut it a little bit shorter, and then spray the pure spray green um, I'm just trying to come up with a solution so you don't have to keep spraying a fungicide on there because that'll be a pain. Um, yeah, and definitely. So I would change the time I water, and then if you want to get the the pure spray green, just to give it a good treatment. Okay. It doesn't say fungicide on it, but it's actually a really good fungus, especially for powdered mildew and all that. Because in the States, if you see the same product in the stores there, it has a slash. It says insecticide slash fungicide. It's just in Canada, those the, the, the producer would have to pay another million bucks to our government to get, uh, yeah, get it to yeah, say fungicide. Yeah. So blah, blah, blah. So we just... They, when, when do you apply that? Before or after watering? Um, before water. So I would water one, let's see if you water one day. So I would just do it. Like even if, is there still mold on there today? Like, yeah, yeah. I just actually finished, uh, raking and then cutting it down and it was. Yeah. So today would even be a good day. Like I know there may be calling for some rain after, but it's a little bit cooler. This would be a good, even a good day to do it. Or this week when it warms up a little bit as well, just give it a good winter treatment. Give it a good watering down with the pure spray green let it soak in and let that help put it to bed and okay. kill some of those rhizome and the and the fungus spores and that going into winter time okay and uh, that should definitely help change the watering like i said till after dinner and maybe just keep it a little bit shorter so take it down to about two inches or so yeah yeah okay all right all right thanks very okay, much let me know how that goes alan thanks i i will thank you Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I think I got time to do... I'm going to go to John right away. Here, John. Good morning, John. Well, happy Thanksgiving, Meryl. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. How are things? Very good, actually. I'm very, very happy with everything. Awesome. Yeah. Now, you were mentioning I could do the uh, your uh, green it up in now on the grass. Yep. Yep. 
Actually, I'm just about to do my last one today or tomorrow. So before the rain, so, yeah, before the season watered in, good for the fall, and uh, and helps get those trace elements down into the soil, and then it sustain it through the winter, and then you're ready to go in the spring. Okay, and I got my uh, soil, but they gave me the uh, nature mix rather than the black gold. Do I need any? Of uh, your coconut moss on that? Uh, no, I think the nature mix will be okay. That's it's, it's actually a good soil from from the Eagle Lake guys. Yeah, that's yeah, it, it'll be fine. And the trees, I gave them about uh, sixty or eighty uh, liters of twenty twenty twenty. Okay, no, that's any fine. More? No, not this fall. Okay, no, they'll be good. And then. In the spring, let them get grown just a bit, and then you can hit them when they're actively going, and then you could do that for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks, and uh, have a great just one. Just continue to water going in. It looks like we could have a dry um, we could have a dry fall again, so let's ensure that we just keep watering a bit if we could, John. Oh, leave the hose out. Okay. Yep. Yeah, un- yeah. Fortunately or unfortunately, but yeah, we're gonna have to continue to water because really we haven't had any. Nothing. We haven't had we haven't had nothing in like a month or or more. So, I guess the word so. is diddly squat, eh? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, John. I got to go for the news here. Have a good one. Thanks, man. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye bye. Again. Bye. All right, I got to take a quick break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and six degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Megan Cobb. The Calgary Homicide Unit is investigating an early morning fatal shooting that may be linked to a man turning up wounded at a hospital. Officers responded to reports of shots fired outside of Junction Underground Nightclub around 2.40 this morning. They found a man in his 30s in serious medical distress who was transported to hospital where he later died. While officers were securing the scene and searching for suspects, another man arrived at the Foothills Hospital with gunshot wounds, where he remains with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Anyone with information is asked to call the non-emergency line or Crime Stoppers. A polling station in Evanston was busy Saturday, although Ward 2 voters are still digesting the news that RCMP have laid charges against candidate and counselor Joe Maglioka. Global News spoke with some early vote casters. Michael Roy said despite this announcement, anything could happen in the municipal election. Uh, you know, just driving here today, there's, there's lots of signs for him on the um, side of the road. Obviously lots of support around here still. Uh, but as early days in the election, I think this could still swing. Um, quite a bit. My mind was already made up, uh, but I bet there's a lot of people who are on the fence and this would make a difference. Meglioka is facing one count each of breach of trust and fraud under $5,000. You still have today to hit the polls for advanced voting in the city. Polls are open from 10 a.m. until 3 this afternoon. According to the city, Friday's unofficial voter turnout was over 23,000 people. More than 104,000 Calgarians have already cast their ballots, and that's well above 2017's turnout of just under 75,000. Election day is October 18th. Thanksgiving weekend is coming with a warning this year. Premier Jason Kenney, Health Minister Jason Copping, and Chief Medical Officer Dr. Dina Hinshaw are urging Albertans to follow the gathering restrictions in place this weekend, saying our hospitals are already stretched to their brink and can't handle another surge. 
There are more than 17,800 active COVID cases in Alberta right now, and the number of people in hospital fighting COVID is hitting record highs. More than 1,100 Albertans are in hospital, 250 of them require intensive care. It was this weekend last year that started the surge of the second wave. State officials in California say they're seeing fewer oiled birds than expected as cleanup efforts continue following a recent oil spill off the coast of Huntington Beach. Mark Rummelard reports. More than a 1,000 people have been assisting in the cleanup of Orange County beaches affected by the spill. Yvonne Adasi is with the state's Department of Fish and Wildlife and says the good news is they haven't found many oiled birds. There's not a lot of bird population out there right now, so in that respect, we got lucky. She says that's thanks to the time of year. Otherwise, there could have been tens of thousands of birds on those beaches. Mark Remillard, ABC News. The European Commission is expected to publish proposals this week for breaking a Brexit deadlock over trade arrangements for Northern Ireland, the only part of the United Kingdom that has a land border with the European Union. Britain's Brexit minister is insisting the European Court of Justice must not be allowed to oversee implementation of the deal. Ireland's foreign minister is warning that could lead to a further breakdown in relations with the European Union as Britain tries to renegotiate part of its divorce deal. Boldly going where no 90-year-old has gone before, Star Trek actor William Shatner is set to blast off Tuesday on a Blue Origin rocket for a suborbital trip to space. He'll be the oldest person ever to make the flight, and Shatner says he'll be writing a song about the experience. I want to write about my love of Earth, having seen it in a milieu, in in a hostile space, to see this gem, this warm loving, nourishing planet. Shatner will fly with three other passengers, including Audrey Powers, Blue Origin's Vice President of Mission and Flight Operations. Taking a look at sports, a 22-19 win over the Rough Riders last night moves the Stampeders to a 4-5 and record on the season. Rene Paredes kicked a 44-yard field goal on the last play of the game to secure the victory. The L.A. Dodgers pounded the Giants 9-2 to even their NL Division Series at one game apiece. Pitcher Julio Urias shut down San Francisco and contributed an RBI to the single. Global News Sky Tracker weather. Our nice fall weather is taking a break today. Chance of showers with wind gusts this afternoon and a high of 13. Cloudy and showers overnight, minus 2, and sun tomorrow with a high of 6. It's 6 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens, our next scheduled update at 10.30. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. And to help celebrate our Thanksgiving weekend, we had a tradition for the last few years that we're, we always play a little segment from our past. So I'll let Gord hit this up uh, from a rendition from Bill. People who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure is that in a very few moments, there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plumbing to, to the earth from only 2,000 feet in the air. The third. There's no parachutes yet. Each other? 
of wet cement. I don't know how much longer the, the crowd is running for their lives. I got to enjoy that. That's uh, Les Nesman from the old WKRP. And uh, thanks for Gord for digging that out of the old vault and uh, finding that for us. So uh, so we got to have a little bit of fun on these Thanksgiving days. We're going to try and get us back to normal as best we can. Let's go to the phone lines and we're going to go to Rose. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Merle. Uh, Could you please tell me, can you still prune a May Day tree? Um, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So right now at this time of year, you want to be looking for dead, damaged, and disease plant or uh, branches. Are you just looking to thin it out or reduce uh, it? or No, just to take off a few branches that are touching the window at the house. Yeah, absolutely. It's always better to get that done. Um, and, and you can almost do that anytime that sort of falls under the, the dead damage or disease, or if it's kind of getting in the way, just don't leave a stump like this, either those ones that are going up there, take it back far enough where, um, you go right to the main trunk or to a main branch, cut it right to the trunk. Yeah. Or, or to a main branch. Like if it's some that's, uh, veering off a main branch. Okay. Yeah, because especially on May Days and Schubert's and things, it, the more if you leave it, oh, those open stubs, that's where you get the disease and that getting oh, into it. Oh, okay. So, so, uh, so anyway, to the main trunk or to a main a, branch. A, th- this is a like a half inch branch or an inch yeah. branch. Okay, that's fine. Yep. O- okay. Great. Yep. Thank you so yep. much. Bye bye. All right, Rose. Just be careful. If you need any help, don't be afraid to give us a shout. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Rose. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And, yeah, this time of year, it, it's good. Like, you, we've had lots of summer growth, especially in a lot of our trees. So you're going to find them hanging over pathways or sidewalks, driveways, getting into the into your eave troughs and all that. So it's good to get that cleaned out and done before fall, before winter, and uh, and have it all looked after. So next spring, when it sends out that new growth, it can go in the right direction for sure. And I'm going to go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Hi. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I have a question for you. We have a Nanking cherry tree that's been handed down three generations, and it's growing really well. In the last, I suspect, two years, uh, some of my neighbor's elm has gotten in there, and I started cutting down because they're a different leaf, and it's on one side of the Nanking I started cutting down the branches, but it's all the way down to the bottom, and I think that we'd need to use a chainsaw to get the rest of it out. I don't know. So can you tell me? Some people said, leave it. It'll be fine if it's been there before. Others are saying it'll kill my Nanking eventually. Um, it, it, I don't think it'll kill it, but you're getting, you're getting sort of suckers from an old stump? Uh, no. I suspect that... I know it sounds nuts, but... Um, I think that something has come when the leaves in the elm, my neighbor's elm, I get a lot of leaves in my yard. Yep. Yep. And I don't know when it does pollination. It's almost like it had pollinated and landed in this area. <laughs> yeah, and, they will reseed themselves fairly easy. Because um, oh, okay. some of the the elms you'll see, they get, they'll get they get a ton of seeds on them. So they will you will see little baby elms sometimes underneath um, bigger elms for sure. Okay, so is it going to, you don't think it'll hurt my Nanking cherry tree that I have to get somebody to come over with a chainsaw and cut the rest of it out? 
No, like it I won't kill, but it will start blocking all the sun, right? As it gets bigger and bigger, it's going to block the sun out more and more. So, so if, if, if it's not a tree that you don't want in that area, I would probably remove it. Okay. All right. Now, should I, is there panic for it now? Because I got it all the way down. I cut off all the big branches with a handsaw all the way down to the about two feet off the ground. And that was where the chainsaw would have to come in. Is that something that can wait till spring? Absolutely. Yeah, it, oh, won't, it won't do nothing between now and then. So if you wait till spring, um, that'll be totally fine. Oh, that's and great. if you can Thank dig you. the root out after, it's even better. Oh, okay. That's even better. Okay. And I have to tell you, I love WKRP. That was one of the best that my children a couple of years ago bought me the CD set, the whole complete series. And every <laughs> year I watch that one. I just... I love it. It's <laughs> I know. I, I get chills. I just kind of I laugh inside. And I don't know. I just find those older sitcoms, there's some pretty good humor back then. Oh, and it's, uh, it, was, it, it, it was so well done. But even hearing it on the radio, it just really is good, too. So. Well, I thought it was interesting because I was thinking, is it going to go well? And I think this every year. But actually, they were supposed to be a radio station. So it's sort of like you're you're listening to the radio but watching TV. So I, right. that's, why it, that's why it works so well on the radio as well, I think. So. Uh, it was great, and thank you very much. Have a great You're welcome. weekend. Okay, you bye-bye. too. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Anyways, and uh, again, thanks to Gord for finding that for us. That was great. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call us at four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. And we're going to go to Duncan. Good morning, Duncan. Oh hi. How are you? Good. Good. How can I help you? Um. Excuse me. Uh, my daughter has a lemon tree. Okay. It's about two feet tall. Uh, do okay. they go dormant in the, in the winter? No, but they do. They go through. Sometimes they'll shed all their leaves. Yeah. <clears throat> but typically they don't go dormant. They'll just, they go through a cycle once in a while. Okay. And I've had mine lose its leaf a couple times. So at that point, typically what I like to do is, is let it do it. Did yours just, did did hers just go through that cycle? Yeah, it's actually lost almost all its leaves. Yep. Okay, that's somewhat normal. It's almost maybe a time to, I don't know if it's been transplanted recently or anything like that. Yeah. Um, it has? No, I don't I don't think so. Okay, it's a good time to transplant it at this point. So okay. get it into a, a taller cylinder pot. Um, okay. It prefers a bit of a clay pot. Good soil, and then just water it thoroughly through. Feed it with a 30-10-10, and that's okay. a great lemon fertilizer, okay. and it, it'll be totally fine. But just ensure that when you do water it, and she when she waters it, just to water it thoroughly, and then let it dry out in between waterings. But don't let it dry for long periods of time. Okay. But let it dry in between waterings, and then when it's dry, water. So typically about every two weeks, something like that. Okay. Um, I have a boxwood plant in my... I dug up the, the the planter in the spring and I put in a couple of plants. Yep. So I have a boxwood there, and uh, unfortunately, I left it sitting on the shelf in the garage. So, anyways, okay. I planted it. Okay. And I noticed that some of the branches, which are the dark brown, uh, there's leaves coming off, yellow leaves underneath yep. the leaves that are there. So yep. does that tell me the thing's coming back? Yeah, because it just went, it kind of went, because what Mother Nature, like it's self-defense mechanism, right? Right. Um, if it's sitting there drying out on the counter in the garage, it's just saying, okay, I'm 
I better shut down. I shut down and shut down. Hopefully, someone's going to plant me again. So, <laughs> so <laughs> it made it to the dirt. Yeah, there you go. So now it's into the soil. So this watered in really well. Um, and we have a product called Wilt Proof. Right. It, it 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 helps. It's an anti desiccant for all your tender evergreens like boxwoods and junipers and cedars. Okay. Um, you can do that, but just yeah, just water it in well, mulch it over, and ensure you water in really well for for the winter time, and you should be totally fine. Yeah. So my planter box, um, do I put mulch over top of it? Uh, like I had, yeah. Yeah. Is it a raised planter? Uh, well, yeah. No, it's actually in the ground. Okay. It's, it's well, that's good. Then. Like eight feet. Okay, and how high is it? Oh, the planter, it's just two by two by tens. Oh, okay, so it's not And I up filled high. it up with dirt. Yep, yep, no, for sure. Yep, if you fill it up with good soil. But just ensure that I would put mulch over top of that, like bark okay. mulch, if even that works really good. Yeah. Water it in really well going into winter, and you'll be fine. Okay, thank you. All right, have all right, have day. a good one. Happy Thanks, Duncan. Yeah, thank you to you as well. All right, Bye-bye. and if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines will be wide open, 403-974-8255. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And Let's Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up. Calgary's only year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to go to Janet. Good morning, Janet. Good morning. Hi, how can I help you? Good. You can help me, right? i got three questions for you, Merle, here. Okay. Um, one, I've got um, uh, some cedar trees that are about 15 feet high. I have two of them planted right beside oh, nice. each other. The inside closest to the trunk on the branch, uh, it's dead, it's red, it's dry, and it breaks right off. But the outside, six to eight inches of it is nice and healthy and green. Um, what have I done? Um, again, that's just its somewhat normal shedding of our evergreens. It's similar to what all the spruce trees and pine trees have just gone through. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it doesn't get the light in there anymore as it's getting thicker and thicker on the outside. Mm-hmm. So it, that's just somewhat normal. You can, what you can do is if you put a glove on and you can just run your hand up and down it in mm-hmm. the inside mm-hmm. and knock some of those needles out. Okay. Um, ensure that you water it really well after, like hose it down. Even just try hosing it, even on a day like this, like get a uni nozzle, not super high pressure, but something with a little bit of pressure. Mm-hmm. And then just wash it on the inside and outside. Yeah. And then all that water will go into the roots as well. So that way you'll be sort of solving that. And and that that should be it. It's just, it's just a natural shedding thing. And especially on these really dry years like we had this year, mm-hmm. um, you're going to see some of that. So. Okay. If I want to trim that tree, I want to prune it down. Um, wait until spring. How much can I cut uh, off? The what, top what, of it? what do you? Yeah. What do you mean by prune it down? Well, like, I, it's 15 feet high and it's getting quite close to the top of a window. It's growing, uh, you know, on the on the side, close to the side of a building. And so, just so that I can keep. Um, so you want to uh, reduce uh, it by a foot or something? Yeah. Yeah. It, and yeah, so I just wouldn't. I wouldn't go much more than that. Could you start opening it up? Um, so uh, yeah, sort of a foot to eighteen inches, and then mm-hmm. and then just try to keep it trimmed more often. Yeah. Um, 
as because as, if then you're not taking such big branches out of it you know what i mean because when you yeah. open up you go down further you open it right up in the top and mm -hmm. you really don't so you can take it off a bit just sort of see how it looks as you go mm -hmm. as well or if you or like I said if you if it's that high if you want to give our team mark will be more than happy to have a look at that for you as well Sounds good. I was just thinking from the point that I want it to bush out more wide rather than high. And yeah. so, so okay, so just try You're fortunate to get something that high in Calgary, though, as well. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I, I live in southern cedar. Alberta, though, so, and, and oh, okay. actually at 5,000 feet, uh, I'm actually close to Waterton here. So, and yeah, it's, a, it's surprising how beautiful it's become, but that's good. Um, second question would be when do I trim my potentilla back? Um, it's, it too is probably three right. and a half you feet high. Yeah, you can do that right now, even if you just want to trim, like you just want to take like a third off it just to shape it or something. Well, more, I, I was listening to you talking about it throughout the summer this year, and it's got to push through the dead wood you're talking about so that it can okay. actually bloom, right? So how so far do you take just it back? Right down, I go right down to the ground. So I would, what I would do is I would wait till spring then. If you're going okay. to do the rejuvenation, mm -hmm. just wait till early, early spring, like even April or whatever, and just mm -hmm. take it right down to the ground, like get as low as you can, sort of two or three inches. Okay. And then and in the spring, it'll just send out all, all that new energy will go into all new growth. It won't waste any of that energy trying to push through all that old deadwood. Okay. If I wanted to cut it by half, um, I could do that too, though. It wouldn't. It wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, I, I, but I would. I, there's probably enough deadwood in the center, and more of it's going to be in the lower part as you cut down. You're so right. It is. I, yeah. I, yeah, it is. Yeah. So I would take it right down because then okay. that way you'll be amazed. It'll just fill right in. And I've even moved them like at, in the fall or even the summer. Like I cut them right down, dug them up out of the ground, and then moved them. Mm -hmm. And then when I transplant them, it just all that growth goes into new growth. Potentillas yeah. are pretty hardy. Just. Mm -hmm. But again, there's no sense making it suffer through the winter without any protection. So mm -hmm. let it download everything it has right now, and then early spring, cut it right back. Okay. Third question. I want to take out the juniper that I've talked with you about. It's just, it just looking very sick. And so okay. if I change that area now and I want to make it a flower garden, what do I need to do to put in the soil um, uh, to, to, to change it back so that it will grow a nice flower now instead of the yeah. juniper? So what you need to do is, is just you're going to have to turn that soil over a few times, like dig out all the old roots mm -hmm. and, and remove all that stuff. So turn it over with a fork a few times, break it up so that way you start seeing good soil. And mm -hmm. then I would just rejuvenate it like with a good compost or a sea soil, any of that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Just get some nice natural elements in there mm -hmm. and and you're good to go. Or if you, if you have access to good garden loam, yeah. um, that, that would be great. Um, cocoa moss, things like that. Okay, sounds like I need to make a trip to your uh, garden center in Calgary, though. So. Sounds good. Okay. okay, thanks so much, Merle. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thank you, Janet. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I've got time. I'm going to go to Heidi. Good morning, Heidi. Yes, good morning. Um, I have a question regarding a burning bush, and I believe it's called an eponymous burning bush. Yep. The reason we bought it is because we want that bright, bright red foliage in the fall. And yep. it's in a semi-shaded area, which I was told that it would not affect the colors of the leaves in the fall. And right now I'm just wondering, because it's still bright green, of course we've still been watering because it's been so 
dry, but some of the leaves that are turning are turning yellow as opposed to reddish. What What is that? How many, supposed to how many years is it in? <laughs> Pardon? Uh, how many years have you had it in? Uh, we planted it this spring. Yeah. So I let it get a stop. You'll start seeing some colors because it, it has to get and the pigment out of the soil. So right now it's just, it's still growing, right? So it's going yellow. And I'll be honest, the Turkish then I haven't seen as much really, really nice color. I've seen a few, but typically they will, they need it to turn a little bit cooler, which we really haven't had much. So when they, that triggers them to go more of the reds and the oranges and stuff, like even some of the aspens, like in my neighborhood, um, some of them are gorgeous. Some are still green. Like mine are newly year planted, and they're still green. Ones that have been in the ground for a little bit longer are nice and orange and yellow. So it just takes a bit to get acclimatized and to get that um, cycle going. So the, I, I'd be patient. Yeah. Yeah. So your Turkestan so, will give you that. And, can I uh, uh, just clarify? I don't believe it's a Turkestan. We have a Turkestan bush too, but this okay. is the one with the leaves as opposed to the skinny long things that has, you know, the red yep. flowers and yep. berries. So we you are talking you'll about still them. get the color from that too. Okay. Already. Absolutely. Thank you. I was just wondering if we're and the sun wrong or is fine. the wrong spot. No, I've seen it on the east side, gorgeous red. It looks like a big ball of red fire. So no, you'll be fine. Okay. Just give it a, just let it get established a little bit and then you'll be good. Okay. Super. Does it normally turn yellow before it goes red or is that just no, this particular no. year? Just this year, yeah. Okay, well, super. Thank you for your advice. You're welcome. Thanks, Heidi. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, I need to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. It's sunny and 9 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Megan Cobb. Calgary police are investigating a deadly downtown shooting this morning. Officers responded to a shots fire call at 2.40 and found the victim in serious medical distress. He was transported to hospital where he later died. Alberta Health Services says its scientific, scientific advisory group has updated its review into using ivermectin to treat COVID-19, warning that existing studies have problems and the available evidence doesn't deem it safe. Lebanon State Electricity Company says the country's two main power plants were shut down after they ran out of fuel, leaving the small country with no government-produced power. The shutdown has put hospitals and essential services in crisis mode. Chance of showers in 13 today, cloudy and minus 2 overnight, and sun in 6 for tomorrow. It's 9 degrees. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news at 11. I'm Megan Cobb. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open. You can call at 403-974-8255. And I do have one caller on the line. I'm going to go to Teresa. Good morning, Teresa. Good morning. Hi there. How can I help you? Well, I have these three Barbary bushes. They're quite tall. We never cut it back. I'd like to cut it back right, right down to the ground type of deal. Yeah, is there lots of deadwood in it or is it just you just want to reduce the size or? Yeah, it's I don't know what it'll be about five feet tall by now. Okay. Like it's but, just 
kind of got away from me. Okay, so you are they quite healthy, or is there a lot of deadwood in there? Auto is really healthy. Okay, so what I would do, and maybe not cut them back so far, is this trim them up a bit, um, more shape them myself. Because uh-huh. um, if you if you cut them down, they're just going to grow right back up to that size again and quick. Like so, if you just want to keep them reduced at a certain size, if you just sort of like more like a hedge trimmer type thing, they respond fairly well to that as well. Yeah, they're quite nice. Like they're pink at the end. They got little, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're gorgeous. Yeah. So, but with the more you trim it like that, like especially a barberry, they're different than like a potentill or a nine bark. Like you can take them right down, but only. But I only would recommend it if there's lots of deadwood and stuff in it. If they're really nice and healthy, I would just thin them out a bit and then just more shape them at the size you kind of want them to stay at. How was the best time to do it? Um, I would just do it early spring, just when all the new growth kind of comes out. Well, that's great, I thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thanks for calling, Teresa. Right. Oh, bye bye. All right. Bye bye. And, again, if you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. Getting a few texts here that I will try and read. And what do we got here? Hi, Merle. I have some bear patch in my lawn, and I get quite a few people asking this at this time as well. Um, Is it too late to fill them in with sod? No, actually, you can do it sort of right up till freeze up. Um, We typically... Are, we've done lots of sod up until, and especially this year, like we really haven't had any freezing per se where the ground is frozen. So you can definitely sod right up until now. And the, actually, the sod is still pretty green that we're getting in right now. So you're totally fine. Just ensure that you water it in really well. Give it a little bit of fertilizer, the, the green it up lawn fertilizer, and you'll be good. And also, is it okay to use Killex? It is. It is fine to use it. Again, I, I would use it on a little bit of the warmer days, um, per se, and definitely would work very well and uh, and work at this time of year because, the, again, the weeds are downloading as well. So if you're using the Killex on them, it will be sucking that down into the root system as well, even more so. So you'll be totally fine that way as well. And um, a few people wanting to bring their plants inside and a couple of questions. I had one, but with a, a, somebody who was growing a Japanese maple inside. And you can do those, but they do need to be, they, they typically need a bit of a dormant period. So um, it might just drop them. And, and when they start looking a little bit straggly, you might want to move them in outside to like an unheated garage for a couple of weeks, three or four weeks, let it go through a bit of a cycle and then bring it back in, it'll get new growth, and, and you can start growing it. But they've been used as a bonsai as well, so I've seen them growing inside permanently. Um, you just have to ensure that it's getting good bright light and a fertilizer once a week, like even just an all-purpose 2020 would be great for those, and, uh, and you'll be good to go. So a couple of things you should be doing out in the yard right now is, again, just looking... At, uh, at your perennials, your trees and shrubs, anything that's damaged, diseased, broken, stuff like that. Remove all that kind of stuff at this time of year. Things that are branches that are going into the sidewalk, into your driveway, 
um, any damaged branch. And if you see a broken branch is up into the tree, you want to remove all that at this time of year. Um, if you have leaves, blow them off the grass into the flower beds. Um, not necessarily grind them with the lawnmower, spraying them in, but if you have a blower or a rake, rake the solid leaves into the flower beds. It really helps nest the ladybugs going into wintertime, gives them a place to hide out and do that, and it uh, creates that beneficial protection for your trees and shrubs and all your perennials. So if you have the leaves, like I said, now is a great time just to Rake them off, push them all into the flower beds, into the sides, and then just leave them till spring. And then you can do a nice spring cleanup at that point and then uh, and look after that in the spring. But again, wait a little bit in the spring till you start seeing some good green growth because also the ladybugs are hatching and coming out at that time, getting ready to go after all the aphids. And there was a lot of aphids this year for the ladybugs to eat, but we're, we're a little bit later this year. Like it's just cause with all the warm weather, um, everything's just been delayed a bit. So uh, this next few nights is going to cool off a bit more. So it should be start changing everything, triggering more of our, our fall winter into it because looking out at my grass it still looks really green so right now is uh like i said we are getting some of the fall colors definitely and uh, starting to see the leaves fall as we've had those cool temperatures but right now i'm going to take a break and if you'd like to join me after phone lines are wide open 403-974-8255 you're listening to let's talk gardening on 770 chqr Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Nick. Good morning, Nick. Yeah, good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call here. Um, of course. I, I think the best line out of that particular WKRP episode was later on when the manager <laughs> says, as God is my witness, I could have sworn that turkeys could fly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I know you, when you listen to it, it never gets old. Like, no, it's a- absolutely it's... not. That put a smile on my face. Thanks so much. Uh, yeah, no, you're very welcome. Yeah. Can we just go back to a previous caller here a little while ago where um, she was talking about if she has an evergreen, I think it was a cedar, that uh, it's just yep. browning on the inside, but it's still kind of green on the outside. And you talked about this concept of, yeah, maybe if some branches um, don't get enough light, it, it seems to, uh, they, they, those branches just die off or they, they brown out. Yeah, I have a large, uh, mature evergreen tree, um, it's probably 60, 70 feet. And over the last several years, I've been putting increasing amounts of water you know, with uh, with the uh, around the drip edge with the soaker hose yeah. and even the root feeder, like so. I don't think it's a, a water, a moisture issue, but yeah, I keep getting these brown off uh, on branches uh, every year uh, or every autumn. Um, like I've been just cutting those branches out. Am I like? I, it almost sounded like maybe I should just be leaving them up and just rewatering. It, it no, you you can leave them out, but the it, the sprucers do need a cleaning. Like we call it. Um, and we send our arborist up, and he'll climb through the center of the spruce tree right to the top, and it just removes all that dead branches, stuff that you're you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's good to remove. It helps increase airflow, keeps it healthy, and it, it's definitely fine if it's on the inside. And and that's typically what we're seeing here, and you'll see that on your big spruce, and you'll see it on a lot of evergreens. And these years, like when it's been really dry, like this year. It was a little bit more predominant, but it only it comes and goes so quick 
that it depends on if we have nice weather, people are outside more, I get way more calls. Or if it's cold out, they don't know it. But this year with it being so nice, everybody's outside and it's sort of right in your face. And mm-hmm. so I had a lot of people notice it. So yeah, you're yeah, doing you're doing everything right, Nick. Give it that extra water, um, even hosing it out, cutting out some of that dead branching in the middle. And like I said, um, when I see one of our arborists go up into the center of a spruce, then, then you come back after a couple hours and you see all the stuff they removed out of the center. Right. It's amazing how it how it looks like it just, and you can almost see the trees that saying, "Hey, thanks for that. Just clean me up. I feel good. I feel like when you come back after a good haircut and a fresh shave, right? It, it, it feel good." Yeah, interesting perspective. No, maybe that's the way I should look at it instead. I just find it frustrating where my neighbors don't do anything to their large spruces and their trees don't go through the brown out and mine does but uh yeah no good feedback i appreciate it thanks so much yeah no you're doing everything right and they probably do but it's probably something maybe a little thicker they don't see it as much and and they said it comes and goes so quick that it depends on what time of year they get that but like i said i get these calls and it it's if it's in the center usually within the couple feet i don't worry because it's just that natural shedding process so you're good to go fair enough hey happy thanksgiving you too. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, Thanks for calling. Bye bye. Yeah, that was uh, that's a good call, and I appreciate the the input from all of our listeners and um, and guys like Nick and also Ellie. We're going to go to Ellie. Good morning, Ellie. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing good. Good. How can I help you? Um, I got some um, the bamboo shoots that you put in water. Yep. And I. One is turning all yellow. Do you supposed to fertilize those, or do you change the water? Yeah, you need so to change often, the water. Or? Yeah, you change the water sort of once a week. Once a week. Yeah. Otherwise, Holy. it gets kind of yeah, it gets kind of moldy and yeah. So you so take it depends. out the rocks out and everything. You change the water. No, you don't have to take the rocks out. Just if you can, if there's a way, you can just sort of. Um, turn it over and just sort of shake it a little bit, rinse the water out, and uh, and change it. If it depends on if it's full of rocks, because the longer you leave it, if it starts building up the algae, then it's harder to to clean, right? So if you mm-hmm. change it a little more often and just pull the bamboo out, put your fingers over the top, or or use a colander or something like that, dump it out. And and then rinse it off real quick, the rocks in the colander, and then put everything back in. That it depends how big it is. Obviously, if it's a if it's a lot of work, but that's typically what I would do. Sort of that once a week or or every two weeks. You don't fertilize it or anything. No, you you can. Um, they don't need a lot of fertilizer though. Very light. Like you can you can add. Um, uh, uh, like there's some of the fertilizer stake, or you could just once in a while add a little bit of like a just a twenty 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 in there, just a little bit, 20. just enough. 2020, 2020. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's it. And eh? yeah, and then just like I said, rinse it out. And that, like I said, the lo- if you leave it where it gets really algae, obviously the it becomes more work to tidy it up. So the, if, if you keep on top of it a little bit more often, it's going to be a little easier. Well, the roots are all uh, all around the the rocks and everything. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, it's uh, just if it starts looking, getting that yellow. I, yeah. I called before about my orchid. Yeah. And you told me to move it to the west window. They're doing great. 
Awesome. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah, they do. They do like the nice bright light, and it will make a difference. So I'm glad that helped, Ellie. And how often do you fertilize orchids? Um, once a month is lots. Yeah. With yeah. what kind of fertilizer? That fifteen thirty fifteen is a good one to use. Okay. Yeah, and you'll be good to go. If you already have twenty 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 or something like that you can get an all-purpose, that would work really good on orchids as well. Okay. Thank you very much. Have a Thanksgiving. good Thanksgiving. Thank you, Ellie. You as well. All the and best. a healthy one. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break, and when we get back, we'll hit the phone lines. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And again, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Enjoy the weekend. Stay safe. Have some fun out there. I'm going to go to the phone line. Sorry, excuse me. I'm going to go to Carolyn. Good morning, Carolyn. Oh, good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Um, I stopped watering my amaryllis on the 1st of September, and okay. the leaves are still bright green and healthy. Should I cut them off before I put it no. down? Or no, not. just let it. Yeah, you can even put, you can leave the leaves on it. Just put it down. All that energy coming out of the leaves is really helpful to the bulb. Okay, so, so don't worry about cutting yeah, it off the leaves. Then. No, just yeah, just stick it down there, and just let it die back. Do its thing. Let it totally dry out. Let it go dormant. But once the leaves are totally like dead and kind of crispy on there, you can cut them off, and then just store the bulb by itself in a in a cool dark place. So for don't that. leave the bulb in the in the pot then take the bulb yeah, out. You, you can do that as well um, I've had um, e either one to be honest it's just I like to use fresh soil so um, I like to take the bulb out just to make sure that there's nothing in there and stuff like that let it dry out that way um, but if you so want to leave it in the soil I know a lot of people have done it that way as well so if I take the bulb out uh, should I leave the leaves on the bulb as well when I take it out to put it? Because I want to get it started in, you know, into going dormant because I want it, you know, it's time yeah. to do that. Yeah, so leave everything in there. Like even just, I would just stick the whole pot down there right now. Just let it start going dormant. Like don't water, don't do nothing. Just let it start going dormant. And then once all the leaves and that are done, say in three or four weeks or three weeks, whatever, <clears throat> cut that off, pull it out of the soil, shake the soil off. And then just stick it in a cool, dark place and then leave it for that eight weeks or whatever it is. And then you can bring it back up at that point. All right. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Let me know how that goes. I, I always love to hear when that goes. But it's, <laughs> well, just ensure it doesn't get. questions are going to come for you for sure. I'm sure oh, gonna... I get, yeah. Amarillo season is coming. So Yeah, for sure. All righty. Okay. Thanks. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Thanks, Carolyn. Okay. Sure. Bye. -bye. Okay, bye. All right, and I'm going to go to Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Really appreciate it. Of course. How can I help you? So um, my buddy helped me uh, plant a couple of trees in our yard a few years ago, and because uh, we're in Airdrie, we got these gale force winds that are always hitting us. So he suggested putting up a couple of these one by one sticks and then supporting them, supporting the trees with uh, you know uh, a little bit of a harness type thing. I'm just wondering how long do I have to keep these little 
uh, support harnesses up before I can get rid of them because they're real pain in the butt to maintain. If it's been in a couple of years, you should be fine to remove it. So, and right now, fall is a good time to remove it because it's sort of it's all rooted in nicely. It's going to lose its leaves, and it won't be catching the wind, or it shouldn't be. And so, I, I would, I would, you should be fine to remove it now, and then okay. next spring um, when it starts leafing out, it'll, it should be totally fine. So. Sure. Okay. Now, I suppose while I got you on the line, um, I'm just wondering, like, I got this, uh, you know, I, I suppose three to four inch deep uh, um, barrier kind of keeping the mulch in and the grass out, but I'm finding that the grass is just growing up underneath it. How far do I need to go down to prevent grass from growing underneath these things? Well, yeah, yeah. It, it, and it's almost impossible. Grass is very invasive normally. So, and this is where Roundup is is fine to use. I just stuff that's encroaching on the tree well, just spray that all just with a little bit of Roundup, and just make sure you don't spray in the tree or anything. Obviously, a nice thing with Roundup, it really only kills what it touches. Even if it touches the soil, it goes neutral right away, and it and it, it doesn't really do anything. And it and if you spray it on the bark, it, it's fine. So if you just spray in the grass around that trim, you'll be that's the best way to keep it at bay. Oh, okay. That's a lot easier than pulling it up out of there. So, yeah, no, you don't have to. It'll come underneath. So just yeah, just trim it up and just just spray those little areas if it's coming over your barrier, and uh, you'll have no issues at all. Okay. Thanks for answering my questions. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right. And I think I'm gonna have time for the last call. We're gonna go to Mark. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Merle. Thank. Happy Thanksgiving. And Thank I- you, and to you as well. How can I help you? Hey. Uh- I exasperate, exasperated this problem or whatever you want to call it, but I got a tree growing through my deck, and it's one of those trees that have the little blackberries. Okay. That, like, does it turn have, purple or does it stay green? It's it's It goes like uh, the tree is green. It's still, it's still green right now, but uh, in the fall, the berries start falling off. Yeah, but, uh, it's what, a, uh, it'll be a May Day tree. Oh, is that a Mayday tree? It's got white yeah. flowers in the spring, and then yeah. they turn into yeah. berries. Yeah, anyway, that's a Mayday. I, I foolishly uh, cut a hole in the deck when it was first coming out because I thought it would make a good uh, property <laughs> Umbrella. tree. Umbrella, yeah. because yeah, we got uh, neighbors that are built 20 feet higher behind us, but I've since got uh, tinted uh, windows at my place, so it's a lot better now. But um I want to cut it down, and I was just wondering how I would kill that, like kill it after I, like, trying to cut the top off from the deck and yeah. then cut it from down below. Like, how I'm going to kill that tree? Well, off. we have a root, we have a root uh, stump killer. Um, so what you do is get it, cut it right down, and then you just drill holes into it, and then we have the stump rot, and you stick that in there. Yeah, and it'll rot about- and kill the stump. Like I noticed, there's a lot of like uh, sapling, like uh, yeah, you, they so- sucker. And when you cut this maybe down, it'll sucker like crazy. So now's a good time to do that if you want to remove yeah. it now. And yeah. this would be the best time. Perfect. All righty. Thank you, Merle. Yeah. All right. Happy Thanksgiving, Mark. Take care. Yeah. yeah. You betcha. Love your show. Thank you, sir. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. Again, thank you to everybody for calling in, and thanks for listening. And, uh, and again, thank you for, for supporting us. Come down and visit us at Spruce It Up. I really, really appreciate it. And so does our team. And uh, again, happy Thanksgiving. And we'll get our garden on right here next week on 770 CHQR.